Welcome to Stall Warning, a show talking all things lacrosse. I am your host, Panchito Ojeda, and joining me today is Liberty University head coach, Kyle McQuillan. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, this is like our daily conversation, except this time it's being recorded. Yeah, we uh, we do spend uh, a little bit more time than uh, I thought we would on the phone together, so... Yeah, you know, it's important. You got to know your enemies to uh, keep them closer to your friends or wherever that quote is, you know? <laughs> uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, hey, how's, uh, how's things in Lynchburg? Things are good. I mean, still uh, still dealing with uh, quarantine, and uh, now we've got some, some curfews in place, so I feel like um, there's there's always a, a new element to kind of deal with, but uh, with with what's going on in the country, it, it makes a lot of sense and um, uh, understand um, the the reasons for a lot of what's going on. So definitely some interesting times right now, but uh, we're doing well, keeping the kids entertained and um, trying to, to to do our best. Uh, I know mom here is doing most of the heavy lifting and, and she's been doing a great job, but I feel like half the battle is just making sure the kids are uh, entertained and, and having a good time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those years, man. It's like COVID's keeping us home and, and all the challenges come with that. And then there's obviously, you know, systemic uh, racial inequity issues that now become things like, Oh, Hey, while you're at home, talk about this with your child so they can learn. And it's holy smokes. Parents are getting, uh, getting a lot of stuff laid on, on heavy this year. Um, yeah, the, the, the homeschooling uh, alone has been tough, but you're right. Adding uh, adding this element as well is 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 a new uh, new territory for a lot of us. Yeah, absolutely. And just quickly on that, you know, uh, I know at one on one lacrosse we posted about this, but we we definitely you know posted for Blackout Tuesday, and, and we stand with uh, with everybody. Um, there's no room for racial inequality in our game, and, and certainly our game is uh, one from the Native Americans, and it's a creator's game. And I certainly would think that most of us are in agreement on this that uh, treating people right is an important part of what makes this game so great. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, it's been something that obviously, hopefully, everybody's been given a lot of thought, and just from my perspective, being a, 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 a white man coaching a predominantly white team in a predominantly white sport. It's definitely something that I think um, coaches have a, a unique opportunity to be able to to use this to, to communicate um, not only expectations, but just um, just common sense um, principles of wrong and right. And, and it's, it's definitely, it's created a lot of good conversation. And I hope that uh, coaches use it to, to be able to um, hopefully uh, support a, a message of uh, unity and justice and everything that comes with uh, our current climate. So, Right on. Well said. So, but we're here to talk about lacrosse. I'm sure uh, people can listen to the news for stuff on that stuff. So let's talk lacrosse and let's, uh, let's hop into that and, and get just thinking about next year and getting back on the field. I know I'm sure if you're like me, it's like, I literally cannot wait to be on the field. I'll, I'll coach any lacrosse possible. Like I don't really care at this point. Like, whatever let's just go out there and, and coach or play um mm-hmm. let's talk about your story a little bit so obviously you're from canada um if people can't tell from your accent um which is awesome you know the, the canadian lacrosse is some of the best in the world at this point um but tell us about your story about what you your lacrosse experience in canada and and uh, you're a big football player and, and all that kind of jazz yeah so growing up in canada um i was probably the only Canadian, especially here now in the States. We've got a, a large 
group of students here that, that come to Liberty to play hockey. Um, and among all the Canadians that are here on campus, I'm, I'm the only one that doesn't skate and never played hockey. So I, I grew up playing football predominantly and didn't pick up lacrosse until much later, um, probably was in high school as a, as a sport to kind of uh, just do in the off season of football. Um, but in Canada, where I was, uh, box lacrosse was, was the sport. Field lacrosse hadn't yet taken off um, to the degree it has now. And uh, played a couple years of box just, again, to kind of pass the, the time and, and the off season of football. But um, lacrosse, is, it's got such a rich history uh, in, in Canada being – uh, obviously a big part of that. Um, so I'd love to be able to claim all of the the benefits of being Canadian and, and having a rich lacrosse background. But realistically, it was I played football my entire life and, and lacrosse was just something that I picked up. Um, and, and coming to Liberty was really just something I picked up due to an injury that uh, I suffered um, coming into my, my, uh, my freshman year in college. So yeah, well, you know, we can't all have the stories of playing lacrosse since we were like three and, you know, being, you know, animals on the field. So it's cool to hear, like, kind of how the game kind of grabbed hold of you. And, you know, even starting in high school, right? You started a little bit, you know, quote unquote late. But now here you are, you know, devoting your life to lacrosse and becoming a coach. And, you know, it's obviously the game touched you in a certain way that was, you know, meaningful and you gravitated to it. So that's, that's really awesome. I, I love that about our sport. I think it's super cool. Um, so, so you come to Liberty and, you know, the, the dream was, was to play football, right? Yeah, I mean, that was that was definitely the dream. Our football program, um, no disrespect to, to anybody that was involved with the program back then, it was definitely uh, on the uh, up-and-coming side of things, but it was in a different place than it is now. And, and uh, my dream was always to, to play football south of the border, and Liberty offered um, at least the – the potential or the, the goal of that. Um, and, uh, coming down here, I actually, um, uh, blew up my knee, uh, trying out for team Canada, sorry, team Alberta, um, which is a province, uh, in Canada, um, before, um, what would have been team Canada. And, uh, so I came here as a freshman, uh, wasn't able to do very much athletically that first semester. Um, but when the spring rolled around and I was kind of up on my feet and, um, had the ability to, to kind of be running around and I was just really missing the ability to compete and just athletics in general. So uh, there were some guys running around campus that had lacrosse posters and said that they had a team here on campus and it was at the club level. But honestly, at that point, I kind of feel the same way now. I just, I'm missing competition. Uh, and I would have, I would have played anything, but lacrosse was what was available. So I went out and never played field lacrosse, always played box lacrosse, but for a guy of my stature and, uh, not the biggest guy in the world that relied a lot on his speed. Uh, I really fell in love with the field game. It it, it kind of opened things up a little bit. The thing I love about boxing, and we try to incorporate as much as we can here uh, at Liberty, but uh, it's great in terms of working on your stick skills and uh, being able to react in close quarters. But uh, I really do appreciate the field game and the space that it allows, and I think that it allows you to uh, show off a little bit more of your athleticism. So, um, so yeah, when I transitioned and, and started playing field lacrosse, uh, really fell in love with it, and wasn't the greatest. And there was a, a little bit of a, a period in which I needed to to take to kind of brush up on skills, and and that first year was kind of an opportunity for me to 
get back involved with it and uh, get a stick back in my hand. But it was, it was great. It was, it was perfect timing and uh, being a part of that, that, that program and that team um, was, was an awesome experience that, uh, that I was really grateful for. So. Yeah, that's cool. And so, you know, you guys, you guys are a solid team. You're finishing somewhere uh, north of 500 kind of during your career. Um, you guys are in MCLA division two at the time. Was it called division two then? Or was it called uh, the B division? Was that back then the AB split? Uh, I think it was always Division Two during my time. I've never heard of it referred to the the B Division, but yeah, we were we were a Division Two program for the entirety of my career. Yeah, I'm pretty sure when the MCA first split, like way back in the early 2000s, I was still in school. Uh, I think it was Division A and B, um, and then I think they moved to Division One and Two at some point. Um, so, anyways, that's neither here nor there. We'll have to ask uh, Mr. Lovick about that. <laughs> Um. Anyway, so let's let's uh, so you finish your, your playing career, you graduate from Liberty, and and then you you start coaching, but not till 2010. So what did you do between your graduation in 07 to to 2010? Yeah, I graduated in uh, 07 and got married. And being Canadian, we had the decision uh, of staying. My wife's from uh, South Jersey, and we had what we thought was two options is either go to New Jersey or go to Canada and uh, didn't like either of those options a great deal. Um, so we decided to stay, uh, stay local and stay in Lynchburg, which is a community that we were at least familiar with during our time in college. So, um, but because of that, uh, going through work authorization and waiting on green cards, my options were pretty limited. So for about a year, year and a half, I, I started um, some academics uh, towards getting a master's um, and uh, got pretty good at some video games, um, but uh, wasn't able to do a whole lot. But uh, after about a year and a couple months uh, after getting work authorization, we're able to uh, get a job at the university within their finance department, uh, which was uh, a field of study that I'd uh, gone to school for and uh, worked at the university there uh, in their uh, finance department as an analyst for a few years before um, Liberty was even thinking about uh, bringing lacrosse back. So, Yeah. What was your video game of choice at that time? Oh, back then it was, it was Madden. I've, I've, I've moved on from video game. I, I tell people it's because I've, I've grown up and I've matured and I don't have time for it anymore. But uh, the reality of it is I just can't keep up. Uh, I was getting tired of getting smoked by 14 year olds and, um, <laughs> the trash talk and just all the rest of it. So uh, during these quarantine times, I, I have to admit I've picked up a controller again a few times, but I realize I've been uh, out of the game far, far too long to make a dent. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last video game I picked up was, uh, was like bond on Nintendo 64. Oh, that's, yeah, you're going way back. Yeah. I think that's the last time I like, actually played a serious game. I tried, uh, I tried civilization on the computer for a while. But I found out really quickly that I, I have an addictive personality when it comes to that stuff. And I was waking up and playing <laughs> work and like coming home and playing moves until, you know, all hours in the morning. I was like, I can't do this. So, <laughs> um, so it's cool. So you start coaching in 2010. You guys are still Division Two at the time. And, you know, tell me, what was the thought process for Liberty from moving from Division Two to Division One? Because you guys start in Division One in 2014. Uh, but you, but you did not win a division two title. So what was the, what was the thought process there of like, why do we want to make this move? And, and obviously it's worked out for you guys. You guys are finishing the quarterfinals last two years. So you're a competitive team at division one, but 
What was yeah. that about? Um, you know, it, it wasn't something that we, that I at least came into, um, the team with, with a desire to do, um, kind of to back it up a little bit. When I, when I played, I actually didn't get to play my senior year because uh, our team got into a, a pretty bad accident on our spring break trip, um, that, um, didn't cancel the rest of that season. We lost, uh, about 10, uh, 10 to 12 guys right off the bat, uh, to injury and a lot of really significant and severe injuries, but kind of were able to limp through the rest of that season. But the senior year, um, our season, just based on the fact that we had uh, low numbers, we had a lot of guys that were just scared to get back in the vans. And, um, unfortunately the team fell apart and I was at that point, I was the team captain and president and felt a lot of responsibility for the fact that we weren't able to kind of keep things afloat. So in 2010, when the university called me, and it was only because I was the last name on any of the paperwork for uh, being the president of the program, and they'd started talking to me about bringing lacrosse back. For me, it was just, it was uh, a huge opportunity and a blessing to be able to kind of um, bring something back that I felt like uh, was my responsibility to a certain degree. And um, I thought was just a, an amazing opportunity when I, uh, I knew I wasn't qualified for the position. Uh, I knew that it wasn't something that I had a super long resume. Um, but when I asked them if they would even consider me and um, it was, it was something that they could tell that I was passionate about that I had a connection to. Um, so when we first started, yeah, I, I was, uh, honestly, if if I'm being completely transparent, my only goal was to come back and uh, and beat Elon because Elon was a team that was um, the nemesis of of my playing days and always had our number. Um, but yeah, it was just I mean we we'd never won a an SELC Division Two championship and 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 coming back and being able to not only compete uh, within Division Two but uh, to be able to face off against some of the teams that I remember playing against was just. Uh, was just, in my opinion, a huge accomplishment. It wasn't really until that third or fourth year at the Division II level, and we really started getting some traction. And um, our university, I, I make no um, uh, qualms about the fact that, like, we, we get tremendous support from from Liberty, and they've given us a ton of resources and ability to play this game at a, at a really high level. And, um, and as a result, we were starting to have some success, and um, starting to bring in some players and recruit at a pretty good level. Um, and we looked at our options and said, look, we have the ability to, to move to division one and the university liked the idea of that only because, um, the, 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 the name recognition, especially in the SELC uh, is pretty big, uh, when you get to play teams like Florida and Florida state and Georgia tech. Uh, and from our perspective too, it, we, it was a great recruiting tool. Um, to be able to say, hey, we're gonna, we're going to play all these programs that that you've heard about. Um, so it it was wasn't something like I said until about the third or fourth year, and and that fourth year, I was just I felt I felt good about it because um, that was the uh, the year that we won our, our first and only SCLC championship uh, at the Division Two level, and, and fell short. We I fell uh, to uh, uh, St. Thomas in the semifinals of the national tournament. So obviously not being able to come away with a national championship, that would have been the the most ideal situation um, to kind of put that to bed and move on. But for us, we, we thought it was the right time. We felt like we had um, the roster to be able to do it and the school support. And uh, it's, in my opinion, I think it's been a great decision that is uh, that has really helped 
promote and grow our, our program for the for the last few years. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense about why you guys did it. I mean, I think there's a lot of teams that uh, would probably make that consideration. I think it's, they're just nervous. You know, some of the early teams that switch from D2 to D1, like uh, Montana uh-huh. and, and Claremont and San Diego, they all struggled at the Division One level, and then they just kind of ended up falling back to Division Two, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But it just kind of – I think it – gave a lot of people gun gun shyness. I think you guys and Grand Canyon are a different example, right? You're the opposite. You guys have had the success, you know, Grand Canyon obviously won two titles and, and you guys have been right there. So, um, very, very cool to see. So, you know, all that you, you, you form, you, uh, you guys move from division one, division two to division one. You've had great success on the field. You know, we can talk about your 2020 season a, a little bit here. Um, you know, kind of a bummer for you guys thought you had a good, good squad this year you know tell us how was your 2020 season going uh, outside from outside the record that we saw i mean it was going as, as well as i think we could have planned i think that i will join the rest of the coaches not only in the mcla but across the country and saying that like we definitely thought it was our year right um and i think everyone can kind of have that perspective but um yeah we were six and all and we're kind of finding our stride um, obviously hadn't gotten into the real meat of our schedule as of yet. I know that we got a good victory early against Clemson and, and Michigan State, which was a team I felt like was going to kind of go on to prove themselves a little bit uh, later in the season. But uh, we were really happy with the, the direction that things were going, and I thought we had the uh, the strongest team and probably the, the the deepest team that we've ever had. I think we had some – key players in some key spots. I mean, I think back um, guys like CJ Nichols and Carter Elliott and um, guys on the attack like Caleb Britton and uh, Jackson Mill. I mean, up and down the roster, uh, we had uh, guys in key positions, but behind those guys, we had two and three guys to, to be able to come in and, and fill any of the gaps. And we were healthy and um, yeah, it'll always It'll always go down as the season of uh, what could have been, um, but I know I'm not alone in that. Um, and uh, uh, it was unfortunate that season got canceled. I know for us, we were uh, about two or three days away from getting on a bus and heading down to spring break and playing some teams in Florida and coming back through South Carolina for a much-anticipated game against uh, the Gamecocks. That, uh, that's a team that uh, kind of like going back to our Division Two. Uh, days in recent years has been a team that's that's had our number so we were we were looking forward to really getting into the meat of our schedule but um, I think that I know when it first initially happened uh, I was pretty bitter and and frustrated and uh, resentful to a certain degree but uh, as everything started canceling as we've seen um, realized that uh, we weren't the only ones in that boat and um, recognized the need and um, yeah, it was, it was unfortunate, and um, like you said, just really, really looking forward to anything that looks like lacrosse, whether it's summer camps this year or fall ball. I know I've probably put more into fall ball in terms of the schedule and the amount that we're going to be playing than I have uh, in years past because I feel like uh, the guys are just going to be looking for some competition. So, In all honesty, I just hope we can play games in practice. I don't, I'm not even sure we'll do either of those. You know, it's like – yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't have any knowledge on that. That's completely pure speculation, but I know there's a couple of schools I've spoken with who have said that they, you know, have limitations on what they can do this fall. So 
Yeah, and um, it's a it's a tough situation because you're right. Every school's in in a different spot, and as you're kind of going through and building, whether it's a fall schedule, which is even more up in the air than the spring schedule, uh, I feel for the teams that are just kind of in an, uh, a situation of limbo and and they don't know exactly what they're going to have to be able to offer. So I'm just I'm hoping and praying that uh, that things will calm down a little bit and we'll be able to return to some sense of normalcy. Um, but uh, looking forward to whenever that may come. Yeah, they will. They will. I'm, I'm confident they will. Uh, so, you know, that's great. I mean, you guys, I thought you had a good year, a, a good team, and we're going to have a good year as well. So I think, you know, it always sucks. Um, I was really looking forward to our game at the end of the season. I thought it was going to be a great matchup, another battle. Um, and, it, you know, it sucks we have to wait, you know, basically 18 months for that to happen. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, I, I still look forward to it. So, but Hey, let's take a quick break here. Let's uh, listen to a word from our sponsors. Uh, be sure to listen to this commercial. It's awesome. Uh, it's a good friend of mine, Matt Blamey. He coaches in the MCLA, runs uh, prospect connect. And this stuff is great. If you haven't used it, you definitely should. Prospect connect is excited to announce the launch of beacon, a completely free companion app for aspiring collegiate athletes. Beacon is the new standard for a student athlete looking to be seen while competing on the road at a tournament, recruiting event, sports combine, or even at a local high school game. Once your beacon is activated, college recruiters now know who you are. Using state-of-the-art geolocation technology, college coaches and recruiters physically nearby or even watching via live broadcast now have instant access to your up-to-date profile, athlete vitals, and contact information. Download Beacon for free today on your Apple or Android device. For more information, visit prospectconnect.com and be sure to follow at Prospect Connect on all social media channels. Don't forget, Prospect Connect is spelled Prospect C-N-N-C-T. Prospect Connect, athlete recruiting mobilized. So changing gears a little bit, you know, there's been some big news posts on the MCLA website, uh, I think it was on Friday, uh, about the formation of the Atlantic Lacrosse Conference, and you were named president of the conference. So... Yeah, exciting. First off, congratulations. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that process about, you know, forming the new conference and maybe maybe starting with, like, how did that come about? Like, what was the uh, genesis of that? Yeah, this has been something that has been part of the conversation uh, with the SELC for as long as I can remember. Um, I've, I've been coaching now for what would have been 10 seasons, and uh, I, I can't remember a time where this wasn't even um, just a topic of conversation. So um, obviously being a part of the SELC the last 10 seasons and playing in the SELC, I have uh, a ton of respect and admiration for the conference. I think um, over 30 years of, of collegiate lacrosse and uh, just the opportunities it's afforded me both as a player and now as a coach, uh, I think that, again, uh, I'm a bit biased here. Um, but I think it's probably the, the best run and, and from an administrative standpoint and our conference tournament and just the size and scope. I just it's just it's been a great experience being a part of it. And that has been the huge hesitation for myself and I think a lot of people for uh, breaking that up. Um, but I think the more we looked at it and, and uh, unfortunately try to make lemons out of lemonade, we had a lot extra a lot of extra time after COVID-19 happened and cancellation right. of our season. So um, being able to maybe take a deeper dive into this and, and being afforded a little bit more time and space uh, to ask some of the questions and get feedback from other teams 
um, really kind of came to the conclusion that um, it was in the best interest of not only the individual teams that would be a part of this conference, but um, really, I think the be- in the best interest of the, the membership of the SELC as well. I, d- I don't need to get into all the specific details as to, to why we felt it uh, be appropriate, but the, the big things were just as a conference that uh, is as large as it was. Getting out of conference games is really tough. We were limiting ourselves to just one AQ for um, 18, 19, 20 teams sometimes. Um, so just logistically, it, it just made a lot of sense. And there was going to be a lot of work that had to be put in to, to make sure that everybody not necessarily was in support of it, but understood the reasons for. And uh, I hope that we've come to uh, the conclusion that uh, it's what's in the best interests of like I said, the teams and the MCLA as a whole. And I'm excited to, to see its growth. I think it's a, a part of the country that is ripe with lacrosse. And I think there's a, a handful of teams out there that don't compete in the MCLA that, that hopefully we'll be able to attract. And um, it might be an intriguing option for them to pursue. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to see what happens with it. We're still obviously in our very early stages and there's a lot of heavy lifting to do and a little bit nervous about that. But uh, I think that it, it was done for the right reasons and uh, I'm excited to, to see its growth and potential in the years to come. Yeah. I mean, the, the your, your, your conversation makes perfect sense. I mean, this is the same problem that faced the SLC and the WCLL, you know, 12 years ago when they split in 07 uh, you know, same, same issues, right? Arizona to Northern California is about 18 hours by bus, um, or plane ride. And he faced kind of the same setup when in the SCLC. So swapping or or splitting to allow teams to swap out of conference games and, you know, minimize interconference travel is just, just a smart decision and travel costs haven't been going down in the past few years. Although admittedly, I guess maybe they're going to go down now. Um, (laughs) so weird kind of conundrum there, but, um, but yeah, that's great. I mean, so I think this is a smart move for a lot of people. You know, you talked about teams that are not competing in the MCLA now. You, you want, do you want to talk about some of those teams that might be interested or do you want to talk about like what the growth idea was for the ALC or? Yeah, I don't think uh, right now, I think my big focus was I didn't even want to start having conversations with teams that are either part of the nickel or in all reality, and we've seen in the last couple of weeks, unfortunately, even teams like uh, Furman and, and hopefully um, not, but there probably may be teams um, uh, in, in the future that uh, have to be removed from their athletic departments that I still think would love the opportunity to pursue lacrosse and uh, and have a program. So, um, but for me, the, the big thing was, you know what, let's, let's, let's create this conference. Let's get it out there. Let's get it approved. Let's make it um, something that's real instead of just this pie in the sky dream that we can kind of float to teams. And that was the difficulty before this, um, this ALC, um, was a conference and, and it was just an idea it was having conversations with teams about, Hey, we're thinking about this conference and this is a good idea and, and all the rest of it. But, um, I think now that it's a, an actual conference and you can kind of see, uh, the teams that are going to be associated with it. And even something as simple as just a logo, um, and kind of a visual aid for that, uh, I think is going to help tremendously. So uh, I think that we've definitely uh, approached some programs that we think would be a good fit. Uh, I think that there are probably going to be some teams that uh, I would hope in the, in the next few months or next few years that approach us as to 
uh, it being a good fit for their institution as well. And our goal is, is to create, again, coming back to my days in the SCLC and being a little bit biased is we're not going to try to change a whole lot um, from what the SCLC done, I think has done. I think we're going to continue to do a lot of the same things. And it's kind of that old adage that if it's not broke, don't fix it. But I do think it's going to be an uh, opportunity for us to kind of put our own little spin on it. And I know you and I have had some conversations about, um, I don't know if you want to call them unique, but um, different things that we're going to be able to institute and uh, hopefully kind of raise the bar a little bit for expectations for teams. And um, we're excited about being able to do that. And I think that all the conferences around the MCLA have the opportunity to kind of make their mark and, and do things that are in the best interest of their teams. And uh, I think we'll, we'll have that same opportunity. So um, yeah, we're, we're eight teams right now, but um, our goal is to continue to grow that at the division one level. And um, obviously being a conference that doesn't have any division two teams currently is a little bit unique, but uh, I'd like to, to be able to add that element to the conference in the future as well. Uh, if teams feel like it's a, a good fit for them. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think there'll be a lot of opportunity for us to impact lacrosse in a positive way. And I think, uh, I think the biggest thing that's going to happen is by creating this conference, as you said, the old chicken, the egg argument, now that it exists, I think teams in the nickel, and kind of in the mid-Atlantic regions who might have been kind of on the fence, uh, it's a little bit easier for them because they can kind of choose like, oh, I fit better in the SELC because it's you know better travel stuff or, oh, I fit better in the ALC because it's better travel stuff. And that's like, that's always the biggest conundrum, right? Budgets and trying to, to solve things. And the MCLA budgets is everything. You know, the yeah. other stuff is almost secondary. So uh, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, you know, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, any, can you give us any insight into your 2021 schedule? I mean, I, I heard you have Virginia Tech on the schedule, but I yeah, we, we were we've been uh, trying to get away from playing Tech for years, but they keep coming back. So um, no, we we that's that's a game that we love playing, and um, uh, I know I mentioned that we were looking forward to our spring break trip and, and playing South Carolina, but Virginia tech is up there as well, regardless of, of whatever's happened in the fall or where our teams are at. I know that that's always going to be a great game and um, looking forward to being able to, to keep that on the schedule. So that game is safe, but uh, no, the rest of the schedule again, because of the additional time that we've had uh, with, with COVID-19 um, been able to finalize hopefully a schedule and, and we talked a little bit about teams not necessarily known I, I think we all need to be a little bit flexible in the fact that some teams may uh may need to make some changes but uh no we're we're starting out the season um with a, a trip down to south carolina because um, that was the next game that we were supposed to play i figured it was a good idea to to start the season with that and, and typically in the past we've kind of eased our way into the season potentially, but uh, we're not going to be doing that this year. So we'll go down to South Carolina and, and play uh, an SELC team um, outside of the conference. So it'll at least count as an out-of-conference game and, and get South Carolina. We'll play Clemson as well. Um, we're going to be going out to uh, California next year, Lord willing, and, and, and picking up a game against Cal and Cal Poly. Um, some games um, back here on the East Coast playing Boston College and Connecticut up north. Um, actually, I'm sorry, UNH and UConn up north, and, and we've got Boston College coming in. They were going to be our midnight opponent uh, this past season, so we wanted to extend that invitation to them again. So I think the thing we're most excited about is, at least as the polls sit right now, 
Uh, we're going to play, I think it's the number one, number two, number three. I think we're sitting at four and the number five team in the country. So I think our strength of schedule, at least, again, things will change once we start playing the games. But um, I think that our strength of schedule is strong. And uh, the guys uh, I know will be looking forward to that a great deal. So That's awesome. Well, that's great. I mean, you guys got a good, tough schedule coming up next year and certainly expecting you to be another top five opponent again. So uh, good luck with that. Um, Coach, any last words for the people before we let you go? No, I just stay safe and uh, make sure that uh, as soon as we can get out there that we're we're doing everything we can to, to get our guys back on the field, and whether that's through youth lacrosse or uh, at the collegiate level with our teams. Uh, I know that there's going to be a community that is going to be in desperate need of um, some uh, some sports and some athletics and some normalcy, and I think we can all play a pretty big part in that. So when it's safe and, and when we're given the green light, uh, I'd I'm going to love seeing uh, lacrosse uh, back in full force. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, Coach. We really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to Stall Warning today. Uh, You can follow us on social media at 101 underscore LAX on Instagram or at 101 lacrosse on Twitter and Facebook. Until next time, stay safe, stay active. See ya.